Welcome to Start With A Win, where we give you the tools and lessons you need to create business and personal success. Are you ready? Let's do this. Coming to you from Denver, Colorado at the Brand Viva Studios, it's Adam Contos with Start With a Win, sitting here with producer Mark. Hey, How you doing, buddy? Good. I was dancing. My uh, my seat moved. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> one of those bouncy chairs going up and yeah, down. Well, you know, it's the uh, lever. My foot hit the <laughs> lever and I shrunk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, everybody check that out on... Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you're, not, if you're just listening, go to YouTube and watch it there. There you go. <laughs> so, hey, we. Um, you know how I really like to talk about high growth companies, Mm -hmm. personal success, you know, kind of the no BS way of getting there. Totally. I know that. And so we brought on Kurt Wilkin uh, to the podcast. He is a trusted advisor for high growth middle market companies with a passion for growth and a hard earned proven set of tools in his toolbox. Wilkin works with other entrepreneurs and CEOs to help them escape the startup mindset, which we always need and achieve next level success. Uh, his debut book. We've been talking about mics a lot here. Yeah. <laughs> Who's your mic? Because there's so many good mics, right? Yeah, Michael be, be Jordan. Like Mike, <laughs> Mike <Yeah>. O'Hearn. Mike <laughs> O'Hearn. Uh, Who's your mic? A no bullshit guide to the people you'll meet on your entrepreneurial journey. Kurt reveals how entrepreneurs can transform their companies by minimizing hiring mistakes, which we all need, investing in high potentials, and uh, making the difficult decisions to drop dead weight from their team. Woo! Whoa, we're going to have some, uh, as we talked about before, spicy That's conversations right. Kurt, on welcome this one. to start with a win. Welcome. Hey, thanks so much for having me, guys. I love what you guys are doing to inspire people and uh, talk about leadership and, and, and entrepreneurship. Awesome. Well, thank you. Um, and I, I love this topic. You've done a great deal of research. You're a, an amazing executive coach, CEO coach, guide for business success here. Uh, tell us a little bit about your professional journey, what you're up to now. So my professional journey, I'm a CPA by trade, and I learned early on that I'm not a very good CPA when I was at Ernst & Young. And so uh, I I started uh, realizing my entrepreneurial uh, dreams that my father and brother instilled in me. And after uh, about five or six years as a CPA, I I launched my own firm uh, out of necessity because of the dot-com crash. And weirdly enough, it was also a finance and accounting uh, firm, which... uh, you say you're a bad CPA, but then you're going to tell me you launched a firm. But I had a really good partners that were much smarter than me. And I was able to go sell business and talk to clients and they were able to deliver stellar service. And that's really where I got my big uh, uh, break was when I partnered with Brett Lawson and Kathy Schrock, who were very smart. And uh, after we sold that, had a nice, nice run, grew to about 20 million in revenue. And then I, uh, I bought Higher Better about uh, six years later, because I felt like there was a uh, talent is the biggest thing you need to be as a growing company, and it's served by the, how should I say this, um, by the not very uh, reputable recruiting industry. And so I bought Higher Better, and I said, you know what? Everyone's going to buy from me because they trust me. We're going to cut and paste, and it's been a very humbling experience, Adam. i got to tell you that. Awesome. You you mentioned something that's really important to me, and I 100% agree with this statement. I want to unpack this briefly. You talked about talent, 
And when you look at, you know, you got all these people that create these startup companies and they want like instant success or like, we're going to IPO in two years or some, you know, crap like that. And we know it doesn't happen realistically. There may be a unicorn here or there where somebody hits um, the absolute, you know, gold mine. But frankly, people don't buy your company. They buy the talent that drives the company and the future success that that talent is not guaranteeing, but leading to for the investors. Um, tell me a little bit about how you, you know, you CPA, you're, you, I mean, you see the numbers, you understand numbers and, and growth trajectory. And, you know, are these people just living a dream right now and, and burning cash or are they actually going to get someplace? And you turn that into actually this business projection mindset of, of calling, you know, calling BS on people for this. Tell me about that, that talent process and what we should think about from that perspective. Well, I tell you, no matter what business you're in, you everyone's in the people business. Whether you're a consulting firm selling hourly work, you know, for your people, or whether you're creating the the best uh, tech, technology uh, whiz, uh, whiz bang gizmo, right? You're all in the people business, and so if you have if you don't have talent, you're not going to be able to make it. I like to say that you really need capital and talent. If you've got enough money to give you a runway, and you've got enough talented people, you can figure stuff out. You can overcome. Uh, you know, um, Obamacare is what I used to say, but now you can overcome uh, the, the COVID pandemic if you've got enough people that can help you shift your business model and, and turn the corner. Right on. And I, I guess this whole talent thing can be correlated to the great resignation as we've had this term, <laughs> reset, resignation, whatever you want to call it. I mean, you, you say this is a myth. I mean, what's your perspective on this great resignation and, and everything that's happened during the pandemic? Because People are still kind of on edge going, all right, where do we go? What do we do? We hear things like recession. We hear things like employment or unemployment. We hear interest rates. We hear all this other stuff going on. And it scares the hell out of some. Um, others are like, opportunity. What? How should we look at what's going on out there? And how does a great resignation, as you you know, call it, uh, fit into this? Yeah, I think uh, the couple things you said there. First of all, I think there any kind of downturn, any kind of challenge, there's opportunity. So I'll just comment on that. And I know that's a big thing for your audience. The other thing is, I think most of the headlines that we see today are generated to uh, to draw clicks and to try to get viewers. And I, I honestly think the great resignation is no different there. Surely there's a lot of people out of uh, looking for uh, their new their next job. And, and a lot of folks aren't taking jobs anymore because they uh, the same jobs that they used to have because they want to do something different. But the numbers would tell you that the the uh, growth of the people that are, are actively looking for jobs is about the same trajectory as it was three or four years ago before the pandemic. The w- reason why there's such a big cliff in, in uh, 2020 was because nobody moved in 2020. So there wasn't much of this migration. So then when 2021 came around, all of a sudden, you know, there was some pent up demand like a hose, right? And so the numbers are really not that different. The reality is people for the last five or 10 years have been looking for something more impactful than just a job. And that's the big theme I want to leave your audience with is your talent is looking for purpose and meaning and mission. Uh, I loved your uh, interview earlier uh, with Kyle Lamb, look, uh, serving a mission. Your audience is looking for that, and it's not always about a paycheck. It's more uh, something more in their lives. So let's let's break that down just a tad bit. And uh, you know, Kyle, I mean, fascinating man, Delta Force operator. He was in. Uh, we all know the movie Black Hawk Down. He was one of the guys in that, uh, defending the the Black Hawk. So it's it's fascinating when you take a look at that um, 
that intrinsic desire within people. And you're right. It's not necessarily a paycheck. I think Jim Collins has said that, you know, paycheck is like number five or seven of what people look for. But what are they looking for from your perspective, Kurt? And how can we fulfill that need to, you know, help them generate that self-gratification or, or, you know, climb Maslow's hierarchy of needs to find a greater self where the paycheck isn't number one? Because if they're in survival mode, the paycheck's number one, right? Yeah. And you're right. There's some people that are looking just for money. And, you know, for those folks, that's their meaning. That's their purpose. And not that they're bad people because there's a lot of folks that are just looking for money. But for most of the people I want to employ and most of the people I want to work with, I'm looking for folks who want to make an impact. And that might be saving the world or going to fight in Desert Storm like like Kyle, or it might be just serving a quality product or, or quality food at our local restaurant because you're a server, a servant mindset. So just looking for something more than just a paycheck. So it's it's things like mission. What do you what does your company stand for? What are, where are you going? What is your vision? What are we trying to accomplish? And it's those things like core values that are there used to be soft things that we would talk about. And most people would say, I oh, don't give me that soft bullshit. I want to, you know, I'll just pay them more. And the reality is for most of the workers you really want, they want more. Do you think that we, it's fascinating because I remember I had uh, almost a thousand employees during the pandemic. And we went through this phase where it was like, we have to pay them more. We have to pay them more. Everybody else is paying them more. Facebook's paying them more. Whatever, Google's paying them more, whatever it is. And you're like, well, wait a second. Why don't we treat them better? Or why don't we create a more fulfilling environment for them? Um, it seems like we peaked in that pay them more piece. And I'm using air quotes here. And now we're looking for that fulfillment. Do you think that pay them more was a short run to placate people? Or do you think that's got a long-term uh, impact on it, especially given the economic environment that we're operating in? Sure. That's a great question. And I hadn't really thought thought about it in exactly that way. But uh, I, w- I think that we did peak about three or four months ago where it was just such a panic. People were trying, they were losing their employees to their competitors and they wanted to try to keep them. So they came up with some some methods and paying more is, out, is definitely a strategy. I think for a lot of folks who left, the number of boomerangs, people that went back is really an interesting, I don't have a stat, but it's really interesting to see how many have come back. We had a couple ourselves, and candidly, I love them because we, they know what they left. And there's things, sure, our sausage is not made in the most beautiful fashion. But when you go to another company and see what their sausages looks like, you're like, eh, maybe I like that place before. So um, I, I really like that that concept. It, it, you, and, you know, the whole grass isn't greener on the other side, things like that. Um, you know, they, they were looking for more green, but not more fulfillment, I suppose. And it's, it's interesting when we start pulling this apart. And the the majority of our listeners are entrepreneurs, either solopreneurs or entrepreneurs of some sort, or those that are seeking a growth in their leadership capabilities. So, um, you know, we, we all end up looking at a hire on paper. We're, we're hiring people. Everybody's hiring people right now. Um, it's hard to get somebody. And I mean, what should we be looking for in order to create a good fit instead of just grabbing the next person that comes by and applies for a job? is there? Do you have any advice on how to hire properly? You know, uh, I, I do. Uh, and there's a couple of these things in the book. The book is, uh, the Who's Your Mike book you talked about earlier, is not just a hiring book. Trust me. Uh, there's a lot about uh, uh, firing and re- reallocating and all kinds of good stuff in there we can get into, I'm sure. But the resume is important. What they've done on paper is important. But I want to dig deeper. Tell me about these situations and experiences. 
most of our clients are entrepreneurs who are scaling their company. So they they like, they get um, really enamored with the background of somebody from a big company, or maybe they have connections to the place I want to go. But I want to make sure that their work ethic is ready for a startup environment. They're ready for all hands on deck, roll up your sleeves. So those are things that don't really show up on a resume. There might show up through some questioning that you have, but I, what I've found is most entrepreneurs are glasses half full guys and gals. And so for me, in any way, it's hard for me to hire because I'm going to fall for your bullshit when I ask you questions. So I have my team dig deeper and my team really assesses out whether they can really do the job and have some of those skill sets. The other thing I'll mention, I'm sorry, Adam, is, is real quick is, you know, hire, hire fast, uh, fire slow. I'm sorry, hire slow, fire fast. Um, because just take your time. If you've got five or 10 employees, you can't risk a really bad one, especially in a key role. So do a lot of backdoor references, talk to some of their former employees, uh, employers, former colleagues, and uh, just don't fall for the, the silver bullet resume. It's, I, I love that you're, you're digging into this because it seems like pre-pandemic, you'd do two or three interviews, you'd look at their resume, you might call one or two of their references, um, do a background check or credit check or something like that on somebody and then offer them the job. It seems to me now that that interpersonal capability, that interpersonal communication, and you're right, how they, the problem-solving skills or how they can articulate their history and how they've developed as a leader with your open-ended questions. I mean, you you made some pretty strong statements there, and I love the fact that you turn your team loose on them to figure out, okay, do I want them on my A team here? Um, you know, it, it, I've heard the term A players hire A players, B players hire C players. And uh, I think we got to, I'll, I'll be the first one to say, I'm not a human resources expert. So when somebody drops an interview in front of me, I got to try and find my A game for that. Otherwise I get a C player. Do you have any recommendations for anything we can, obviously there's your book, who's your mic, but what experiences or ideas do you have for us to become A players when it comes to picking talent? So there's a couple of things you said in there. Uh, I want to get to your question, but let me make two quick comments. Number one is uh, having your, your team interview. I happen to, to run a recruiting firm, so my team are recruiters, and so it's, it's slightly different. Uh, I want to uh, warn entrepreneurs not to give too much of the leadership of, of the hiring of your, you know, let's say your COO, for example, your right hand to your team, because they might not hire someone who's going to hold them accountable and change things the way Kurt did it or the way Adam did it. So just be a little careful with that. So, And then the other thing is, as you're interviewing and really screening and vetting to make sure they can do the job, in today's environment especially, we also have to have our sales game on. Make sure that we are selling them something and treat and giving them a good experience, because we might turn off the A players if we if we do what I'm about to describe. And that is, oh gosh, Kurt's coming in for an interview. Where's his resume? Let me pick it up off the printer. And then you go in asking the same bullshit questions that the two guys before you asked, uh, you know, the same candidate. That's a bad employee experience or candidate experience. Great point. I can't tell you how many times I've seen that happen. Let's dig into your book here. Who's your mic? A no bullshit guide to the people you'll meet on your entrepreneurial journey. What's the book about? Give me a couple of the key points in it, and uh, where can we find the book? Yeah, the couple of key points is it's written in story form, other people's stories, and I want you as an entrepreneur to be able to learn from other people's uh, mistakes and other people's successes. It's not 
you know, like my 10 tips to being, you know, a billionaire and, you know, living on a beach. It's what kind of things that people screw up and what do they do right so you can see yourself. So each chapter is a different character. And I'll give you the, the really quick lowdown on Mike, the, the title character. Mike is your fraternity brother in college. You guys were best buds and uh, thick as thieves. You trusted him with your life. When you started your business in your garage, Mike was right there with you nights and weekends doing all the back office administrative things that you don't like to do. And frankly, you you kind of suck at. So you brought him in. Uh, and then when you became a real company, he quit his job, became your accountant. Again, doing all those same things, setting up your LLC, setting up your bank account, all that crap work, anything that wasn't biz dev or, or product related. You grow, you reward his 100-hour weeks with the controller title and the CFO title, and he's working his butt off. And then you look up and you're a $10 million company. Mike's trying to negotiate a big line of credit with your bank, maybe a merger agreement with your biggest competitor. And he's hadn't taken a vacation in five years. He doesn't have a team. He didn't know how to build one. He's just swirling. He didn't, know, didn't want to tell you because he's loyal to you. The question is, who's your Mike? Every entrepreneur either has had, will have, or, or has a mic, whether it's finance and accounting, sales, marketing, and operations, you pick it. So who's your mic? Wow. I, for everybody listening, just, just grasp onto this concept here. because And if you list every one of your mics out there, your CFO, your attorney, you know, your banker, all of these things, you need to figure out, okay, have I outgrown them? Because honestly, what Kurt is saying here is so true. The team you start with is not the team you end with. And when I say end, that is, I mean, end the chapter and move on to the next one and and carry it to the higher level because the, the different skills necessary to grow a company continue to change as the company grows. And hold up the mirror, folks, because sometimes you may not be the CEO that your company needs moving forward. You can regress or not regress. I'd say shift over to a uh, a board director or an advisor position or something like that and put somebody in there that can really accelerate your growth, not just for your employees. Who's your mic? It's, are you the mic? Think about that. And I'm glad you said that, Adam, because uh, about a year ago, I stepped aside as CEO and brought in a, a new CEO, Cisco Sakasa, and I'm officially co-founder. There you go. I don't have a board, so I didn't want to be chairman of the board. It's kind of a disingenuous. But look, I'm not the best person to lead this thing, and I, I'm good at a lot of things, but that's, you know, being the, the CEO is not one of them. Awesome. Hey, where can we find your book? And uh, how, I mean, any recommendations for uh, action steps with this book? Yeah, uh, so a couple of things. You, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere online right now. We have a website, who'syourmic.com, which has links to everywhere. Um, I did an, an audio version of myself, which is kind of a, if you can stand my, my voice for five hours, it's kind of a fun listen. Um, we also have a fun quiz, who'syourmic.com slash quiz. If you are concerned that you might have a mic or there's other, not every chapter is about a legacy employee. Some are about the, the silver bullet you tried to hire that was a, a misfit. And there's also a skip to the end, there's a keystone character at the end who actually brings it all together and helps you get to the next level. So it's not all bad, folks, that's for sure. Awesome. Make sure you check out uh, Kurt's book, Who's Your Mic, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you get your books. So, uh, Kurt, I have a question I ask every one of our amazing guests. You're an incredible entrepreneur. You've done so much to grow businesses. How do you grow yourself? So, Kurt, how do you start your day with a win? You know, without fail, every day, 365 days a year, Adam, I, I swim five miles and bike 32 miles around my neighborhood. Just, <laughs> I'm just joking. I know you have overachievers on your show. No, I wish I did. Now, here's what I do try to do. I try to fill my bucket. 
So every day I want to do something that really fuels me. And the more I can do that and the less I do things that uh, detract me, uh, I'm going to be a better leader and a better human being to my, my kids and my wife. That's for sure. Awesome. Kurt Wilkin, thank you so much for being on the show. Again, make sure you check out Kurt online and his book, Who's Your Mike? Kurt, thanks for starting your day with a win. Adam, thanks so much for having me. And love what you guys are doing to inspire and encourage. Thank you. Awesome. Hey, and thank you so much for listening to Start With a Win. Uh, if you want more great content, if you want to get inspired, head over to adamcontos.com and there you can get all sorts of access to stuff, as well as a downloadable PDF that will help you become a better leader uh, so that you can grow your business. So remember, until next time, start with a win. 